You're listening to a High Voltage Radio Network podcast. Find more at HighVoltageRadio.com. Welcome to Podcast Unknown, Thunder, Paradise, Leg Drops. I'm Nick. I'm Peter. I'm Patrick. You can find us on Twitter at PC Unknown. You can find us on Facebook at Podcast Unknown, Thunder, Paradise, and Leg Drops. You can also find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and on iTunes. But you might have to search for Clash of the Champions, Triple X, or 30. Or Thunder in Paradise, the movie. You can also find us at our new home on the High Voltage Radio Podcast Network, the home of sports, zombies, general discussion, nerdcasts, and music podcasts. Find them at highvoltageradio.com, as well as on Facebook and Twitter. Tonight, we will be reviewing Slamboree 1995, A Legend Reunion. League of Extraordinary Legends? The superstars of yesterday, the megastars of today, and the legends of tomorrow. What a memorable night it will be. World Championship Wrestling presents Slamboree 95, a Legends Reunion. Hello, everybody, and welcome I like to Slamboree but, Pete, I think it was missing a little something. Yes, it was. A little something-something, something, as the kids used to say. Yeah, cue the SummerSlam Randy Orton music. Tonight, on Slamboree 1995, the Nasty Boys will take on Harlem Heat for their WCW World Tag Team Championship. Kevin Sullivan will fight his former friend, the man with no name. In a blast from the past, Wahoo McDaniels will take on... Dirty Dick Murdoch from the Far East. The Great Muda will take on Paul, Mr. Wonderful Orndorff. The enforcer himself, WCW's World Television Champion, Arn Anderson will take on Das Wonderkind, Alex Wright. In a special surprise match, Road Warrior Hawk will take on Meng. Sting will take on Big Bubba Rogers in a Lights Out match. And the Monster Maniacs, Hulk Hogan. And Randy Savage will take on Big Van Vader and Rick Flair. Slamboree 1995, a Legends reunion, took place on May 21st, 1995, in St. Petersburg, Florida, at the Bayfront Center. P.S. This arena was demolished by implosion in 2004 to make way for an eventual replacement facility for the nearby Salvador Dali Museum. The attendance was 7,000 people paying $94,000 at the gate, which is actually a near sellout because the arena holds about 7,500. Yeah, it looks like a packed house. Yeah. Shown live on pay-per-view, it drew a .57. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Prior to the event, the WCW main event show had Mean Gene Okerlund subbing in commentary for Eric Bischoff. Hmm, I wonder why. And Dusty Rhodes as well on commentary. 
Lord Stephen Regal and Bobby Eaton attack the Nasty Boys near the entranceway. I wonder if that will play into tonight's event. That explains. And then the Blue Bloods would go on to take on Los Especialistas. Uh, Especialista 1 and Especialista 2, or also known as Ricky Santana and Fidel Cuban Assassin Sierra. In a match that would go for a minute and 22 seconds, Steve Austin defeated Eddie Jackie, another one-minute match. Why didn't we have that on the pay-per-view? Because Eddie Jackie is a Saturday night guy. I get it. As I've come to call them. Everyone's favorite, Sergeant Craig Pittman, defeated Mark Starr. And then Meng would defeat Bill... Bill Pullman, yeah. Good job. Meng would defeat Brian... Get out of your twisters coming. <laughs> no, that's Bill Paxton. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I don't even fall in current events. Get with it now. Ah! <laughs> Meng would defeat Brian Pillman in a quarterfinal match for the WCW United States title tournament, which was... Vader stripped of the United States title? Yes, he was. I will I will actually update you okay, on that cool. real quick. Following the match, Road Warrior Hawk being a dick attacked Ming. Or maybe that's something to do with Colonel Parker being a dick. I don't know. That's both. Yeah. So shortly after Uncensored, we got word that there was going to be a United States Championship Tournament. Tony Schiavone unveiled the tournament brackets, and the matches are as follows. Sting versus Arn Anderson, Johnny B. Bad versus Paul Orndorff, Meng versus Marcus Alexander Bagwell, Brian Pillman versus Bunkhouse Buck, Macho Man Randy Savage against The Butcher, Stunning Steve Austin against Hacksaw Jim Duggan in a long-awaited rematch, Ric Flair, now, Ric Flair versus The Patriot, and Alex Wright versus Big Bubba Rogers. Also happening leading up to Slambury, Ric Flair was reinstated at the insistence of Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan, because they wanted to... They wanted to get back at him, and yeah. uh, they oh, wow. basically, they kind of forced Bad News Bonkwinkle's hand at reinstating him, mm. but it took two board of committee votes to get to. How, how could you ever deny Ric Flair employment? I'm curious as to who's on this board of committee. Yeah. I can tell you right now. Oh, wow! Yes. On this board of directors, Pete, since you're so <laughs> curious, we have Gary Juster, representing the United States, and he looks like Rick Moranis, in case you were wondering. Tatiana de Paz of Spain, Dieter Krupp of Germany. I don't remember his his kayfabe name, but Sonny Ono of Japan. <laughs> yes, Sonny Ono. Nice. Of later racial discrimination lawsuit fame, and Christine LeBlanc of France, who was the the first time they had a vote voted no decision, which was the reason that it was a uh, long long drawn out thing. Uh-huh. That they had to go to a second vote. Why do they have an international committee for WCW? Because they used to have the WCW international title. Really? Oh, look at you, fucking <laughs> Pete. Thank you, Pete. You know, I, I, I also like, I like this intro because they're talking about all these legendary figures, and then they're talking about the stars of tomorrow, yeah. and so they show. Literally, these are like the only people they yeah. show. It's Hogan, Flair, Sting, yeah. Vader, Macho Man, and. Alex Wright. Yeah. Hell yeah. Great. Awesome. Wonder, Ken. Love it. Wait, wait. Your stars of tomorrow. Yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday's stars of tomorrow. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so, we are greeted by Bobby Heenan. You know, familiar faces. Bobby Heenan, Mean Gene Okerlund, and Sleazy E. Eric Bischoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wait. Why is he here? Yeah, where's Tony? Uh, Tony Schiavone apparently had neck he's surgery. In, no, no. He's in rehab. Yes. 
Tony Schiavone actually had neck surgery leading up to Slambury, so uh, he wasn't able to attend tonight. Gee, what do you... Uh, More on that later, though. I was going to say, would he injure his neck with all those wild calls he'd been stretching towards? Wild calls. <laughs> yeah, please. So, we find out that on the main ev- on the episode of Main Event before the show... Main but, wait, and- but wait a second. I really I have something to say about this. I got something to say. As good as, as, good as you think the commentary is going to be... It's just completely bland without Tony. Actually, I, kinda, I didn't like it. It's I really kind of, I didn't like the the match. It's kind of transparent Enid. to me. It's yeah, yeah. You think so? I, I didn't thought, like the the match between. You know what? I didn't like was it the rapport that Bischoff and Heenan had? Yeah, I agree with you on that. I will say that Bischoff did a great job uh, later yeah. on. I'll point out the match that he called really well, though. I don't think he's up to Tony Schiavone's level. No, he's he's actually he's not right. terrible here. He's not bad, but I just wish considering how bad he was. Yeah. For his was, first go-around as a commentator. Yeah. If it was Bischoff and Mean Gene, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But I think with on the Bobby Heenan level of commentary, I thought it was you fun. have to meet like something, and I don't think he met it. I thought it was fun. So on the main event before the show... Uh, <laughs> the main event before the show? On the, main, on the episode of main event before Slambury, following a victory over Flying Brian, Colonel Parker, in the ring, boldly stated that Ming would take on any man... To which Road Warrior Hawk, who WCW had recently ran into on their Collision in Korea show, which we will be reviewing soon. One would say they collided with him. <laughs> this is what happened when... Juan Moros, Mundos Chokan! Road Warrior Hawk hit the ring and attacked Ming and Parker to set up a, as Eric Bischoff later called it, a bonus surprise match. Yeah, you it's know what? It's a lot of words. It's interesting because they didn't really describe it as that when they showed the clip. No. So it just looked like Hawk hit the ring and attacked Ming and Colonel Parker for no, for no reason. Completely like, so yeah. he looked like a complete heel. <laughs> not not so much a heel. He just looked like, why is he here? Mm-hmm. Oh, because they called. They said, oh, we'll beat anyone. Oh, okay, there you go. Thanks. Now, is there a reason why Hawk is in WCW? I will get to that later. So uh, after that, we get a video package well, for Harlem Heat. But... <laughs> Why? I didn't understand the, the lead-up to this. Yeah. Eric Bischoff says, Time may be running out for Harlem Heat. We got a couple of suckers and nasty boys, and they want a shot at this. Good old glorious gold. Some men my brother earned the hard way. Nasty boys, if you want them, come on get them. Cause we took you before and we gon' take you again. <laughs> you gon' get the last whooping of your life. And also the best. And guess what? The Harlem Hangover is going to be hanging in the wings, getting ready to drop some heat on somebody. Guess who? And then we get a video package of how, like, kind of making them look like badasses. So why is, how and why is time running out exactly? It was was a heel promo, like a a video package for the No, but I thought maybe, like, it was going to show them, like, being vulnerable yeah. and losing a no, mat. No, it was a just highlight reel. Here's what badasses Harlem Heat are. Yeah. Time might be running out for them with their awesome Black Panther bandana. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. Uh, did anybody catch that curtain that raised and didn't part correctly at the beginning? Yep. <laughs> and now we get to the opening match of the card. Mm, they're jerking that curtain. 
Nasty well, Boys. Not really. Harlem Heat. <laughs> the curtain bro. is kind of a jerk, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it is the Nasty Boys versus Harlem Heat for the Tag Team Championships. And this is the Nasty Boys' last chance to win the mm-hmm. title. Yeah. Last chance. They had uh, several uh, occasions to do so before, but mm-hmm. they just couldn't grab that brass ring. Except in a non-title match where the finish wasn't shown on camera, yeah. so it doesn't count. Mustard everywhere. <laughs> the worst match Vomit that counts anywhere match. Had, but it's been voted the best tag team match in like ten years. <laughs> Get out of here. Nasty Boys music hits, and I spelled boys with a Z, by the way. You should have. Sags comes out alone. Knobs is hurt? Yes. yes. That's from that Blue Bloods attack. Wow, really? So he's from... Eric Bischoff was selling this the whole match. Saying that he's locked in a room with two doctors. Yeah. Yet they did not once say what happened to him yeah. the entire match. They just said he was attacked. Yeah. I think he was, well, he was attacked on the main event, right? Yeah. yeah. So they assumed everybody who was watching the pay-per-view watched yeah. the main event. Which I really, after reading, like, I looked it up, like, for the match times, like, yeah. and the main event looked pretty good. I'd rather, like, watch that before, like, a Sunday night heat Oh, all those one-minute matches they had? I'd rather watch something, but... Listen, Mr. Bischoff, when you assume, you make an ass of you and me, okay? So, I like Sags' pyro. Yeah. Ah, ah, I actually got scared a little bit, because I had the volume on high on my headphones. It was like beginning of Raw 1998 pyro. And what made it great was he didn't flinch once. Yeah. What a tough guy. He's no Gilbert. Next to come out, Harlem Heat making the slow walk to the ring. with, With Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath. I mean, Sherry. Don't talk about her like Yo, that. Yo, she, she always looks like a hungover Shut musician up. from the 70s. She looks gorgeous. Uh, mm-hmm. I have love. to say, the funniest thing for me was hearing Gary Michael Capetta say, sister. Yeah, he, he does it all sister. the time. He's uh, well-versed in the lingos Now, you guys want to talk streets. about Nasty Boys Pyro. Mm. What about Harlem Heat's fucking fire pyro? Holy shit, it was Buh. loud, and you couldn't see shit. Buh. It was just yeah. pyro and bally Ooh. I also love that they've added a uh, flame vest to their walkout gear. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I dig it. But it's like shredded Sucker. shredded paper around them, though. Sherry talking to the camera. Like it or not, this is it. This is Harlem Heat. Ah, oh, Sherry talking to the camera. Oh my, I paused that a couple of times. Uh-huh. Patrick believes that she's talking directly to him. She is. Yeah. From the past today. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. She's my girlfriend. Shut up. Oh, yeah. I could be in love with her if I want. She's your cereal box girlfriend. She also uh, stays in the ring for a while, blows a kiss, and points to somebody in the crowd. I have no idea who. I was there. No idea. Okay. Young Patrick, or time traveling Patrick. Yeah. And then uh, anybody else notice Stevie Ray's boot was untied? Yeah, he almost tripped over it, going, like, trying to go through the rope. It takes a while for this match to start. Yes. Uh, Harlem Heat is playing to the crowd a bit. Sherry talks to the camera again. Go home to Mama, and let's see how much of a doughboy you are. Yep. Oh, yep. Sherry. Sherry I'll, calling it like it is. I could be your doughboy. Oh. You could tickle me anytime. Too. You gonna spray some batter on her? <laughs> <laughs> so, the bell rings. Booker starts by slapping Sags. Sags slaps him back so hard, Booker loses his footing trying to hit him back. Yeah, this, I get is, it. this is how you start a blow-off yeah. match yeah. for a few. It's, it's pretty Good. hard hitting at first, and yeah. I loved it. I was like, yeah, totally get it. Especially when you have one man yeah. fighting for himself. Sags 
hits a clothesline, and Booker does the Rikishi flip. Fucking hell, that bump was Pretty amazing. fucking good. I expected his boots to fly off, oh, and his God. eyes to spin. <laughs> Sags is on fire. He throws Booker into the corner, and Sags hits a hard-running clothesline. Whoa, he's on fire? Shut no up. wonder why he's kicking ass. Can I just do my fucking Gorilla <laughs> Monsoon shit? Fuck it, I'm going to call it like Jesse Ventura now. D.B. Ray in the ring. This match is an inside job. <laughs> Third my paint. <laughs> Stevie Ray ends up in the ring somehow. Camera doesn't go on him. Sags works him over a couple of rights and knees Booker into the stomach and Sags lands a double DDT. Sherry climbs onto the apron and oh, Sags man. clobbers Sherry with a right to the chin. Yep. Sherry tumbles off the apron. Alright, so at this point, going it alone, Sags looks like a huge baby face. Yes. Yeah. He's taking on two really good guys. Yeah. They're younger than he is. Yes. They've been on fire, not literally. And figuratively, definitely. Yeah, in and, more ways than one. I mean, their costume has flames all over them. And they are Harlem Heat, after all. Costume. Their costume. Gear. <laughs> their gear has flames all over what them. Did they follow the script tonight? And <laughs> then he punches Sherry <laughs> in the face. <laughs> Dude, I got a big pop though. I know, but I, I was like, yeah. "What the fuck?" I guess See, he is as nasty as he really wants this, to be. This, yeah. this match was the ultimate conclusion to a feud. Yeah, it was. Like, all the things that we wanted to see happen, happened. And not for nothing, how many times have you seen Sherry take that bump? Still, Bischoff, like, calls him out on this. Because this wasn't like a, she took a bump because she got knocked off the no, apron or something. No, he fucking clobbered her. Yeah. Like a pimp who was owed money. He doctored you know, David you know Schultz the scenes, her. You know the scenes in Rocky when he's, like, Punching out of meat. focus? Yeah. And, like, in the dream sequence? That's how hard she was hit. Sags then goes Damn. for a pump handle slam. He does the road dog type of thing, but except no humping. That's good. Sags lands it, pins Booker for the one count. Booker hits Sags, tags in Stevie for a quick double team work. Sags looks gassed. Now this is like three minutes <laughs> into the match. Yeah, but he was he did a lot in the, yeah. those first three minutes. Stevie beats up Sags, goes for two forearm shots. Sags dodges the second hit. Sags pulls Stevie's legs from out, from under his legs. <laughs> Sags lands a headbutt to the groin. Sags picks up Stevie's legs again and hits the leg drop to the groin. And the ref just... Yeah, ref yeah. pulls it up. Well, ref Jimmy Jet lets a lot go in this match. Yeah, yeah including counting. Yeah. Yes. I'm quite certain that Nick Patrick should have watched some of Jimmy Jet ref videos in the uh, lead-up to Starcade 97. <laughs> Well, anyway. Sags goes for the pin, but Booker breaks it up. Sags slams Stevie down, and Sags climbs the ropes and lands an elbow to the chest. Ref distracted with Booker out. Sags goes for the pin, and Sherry pulls him off from the outside. Pulls him off, huh? Shut up. Can we, can we just be a non-filthy <laughs> podcast? Sags goes to chase her around the ring. She runs into the ring. Stevie kicks him in the face as he's rolling right in. Stevie Ray being up Sags now. Sags rolls out for the timeout. Sherry taps. It was a timeout. He's a face. Faces he rolls out, out to take a break. Take a breather. Getting beat. Whatever. Getting good. To regroup. Yes. Sherry taps Sags on the shoulder and slaps him. Yep. Receipt time. Ref <laughs> not doing his job is talking to Stevie in the ring. No, the ref even sees... Then, Wait, hold on. Oh. Booker then comes up from behind and holds Sag's arms behind his back. Sherry slaps him again. Ref sees no DQ. <clears throat> no, nope, ref doesn't say a word. Well, actually, um, 
But wait. I think Bischoff said that. He said that he knows how personal yeah, this match is. Exactly. Stevie Ray meets Sags outside. Ramses back into the barricade, rolls in, and tags in Booker T. Nice spinning forearm shot from Booker T. Yells out the crowd. Booker T gets neck vice on Sags for a while. Sags tries to fight off Booker, but Booker gets the best of Sags. Booker goes for an elbow drop. Sags rolls out, and we get a beautiful spinner Rooney. Yep. Yep. Ah, oh, so good. And a jump wheel kick by Booker T. Booker tags in Stevie, and Stevie lands an awkward drop kick. Stevie tags in Booker. Booker climbs the turnbuckle and lands a flip leg drop. A Harlem hangover. Ah. Oh. But it was beautiful. While this was going on, Eric is uh, wishing Tony Schiavone a speedy recovery from his neck surgery. Yeah. And Bobby says that he wished Booker would do the Harlem hangover to Tony. <laughs> also, Bischoff destroys kayfabe and says that the nasties are from ta- the Tampa St. Petersburg area. Oh, uh, what a yeah. bitch. What the fuck? That's not Come nasty, on, Eric. Though. What the fuck? We all know where yeah. Nastyville is. I know where it is. Willits Point. <laughs> no, it's actually Shea Stadium, and now we can confirm that because they ran a show at City Field. There you go. See, we ain't just here to fucking entertain ourselves. No. We're here to tell history before it even happens. Booker T then tags in Stevie Ray. <laughs> <laughs> and the best thing This is the, the best move. <laughs> Stevie Ray. Ab- all right, abominable oh TK, eat your heart out. Stevie Ray. <laughs> Climbs on the, the bottom rope, only to jump and then stands for a second and lands a, a fucking leg drop. It's like he hops, lands his little leg, and then drops it. I wrote. Wait, wait, Stevie wait. Ray does a first rope regular ground leg drop combo. Are you guys ready to see what I wrote on top of my notes? What? Moment. Stevie Ray shining moment. Shining moment. Stevie Ray tags in Booker, who is smiling, laughing at him. Booker T takes the pin. <laughs> Instead, he throws Sax to the rope. Booker T bends over. Sax catches him for the pile driver. Ooh. And as he hits the pile driver, all of a sudden a roar, a roar comes Uh-oh. over the crowd. Uh oh. And here comes Qwath, man. Oh my god. It's Brian Knobs from the back. <laughs> Fucking monster, monster. And guess pop. what it's time for, guys. Knobs Blonde? Knobs Blonde. <laughs> here comes a. The blonde hot hair. A, a fury of blonde hair. Yeah, he's firing up on all yeah. cylinders on the apron. No selling how comically taped up he yes. is. Yeah. He was taped and no pain showed whatsoever. No sell. No, he was, because he was holding it, and he was running with after, one hand. After, uh, uh, yeah, when he first runs down, after that, it's like he might as well have not had it. But he, that. like, slides across the apron to stand up yeah. on the, like, you know what It was a desperate moment. It's the adrenaline. Yes. It put knobs comes rolling out from the back, ribs taped, belly, really. Hot tag time. Knobs' tag hands out a few power slams to both of Harlem Heat. Knobs t- bulldogs Booker, Stevie... Running at Knobs, Knobs flips him over the ropes, and Stevie Ray takes the most softest bump outside. <laughs> but then I realized, oh shit, the steps are on that side. Yep. Sherry climbs the ropes in full view of Brian Knobs. <laughs> Turns around, he's like, oh. Hey, hey how's you it going? I guess you're hanging she out She comes there. flying off the top rope, and Knobs catches her, which looks maybe a, a, a weird body slam, spine buster. Yeah, I couldn't. I, mean, I didn't understand what was going well, on. I mean, he just slams her to the mat. Yeah, but poor girl. I tell you, she knows she needs 
Like a blanket and a cup of tea. Yeah. That poor girl. Yeah. And then... That poor woman. Nobbs, the fucking workhorse that he is, <laughs> picks up Sherry and throws her with the ease... Oh, my God. ...to Stevie Ray, who just guides her to the floor. It's like he threw her into Stevie Ray. Yeah. Like, not even like, here you go, catch this. It was just like, fuck this. But he doesn't, like, brace her for impact. No. He doesn't hold her. No. He just guides her to the floor, which... Shows why Brian Knobs is the biggest Hulkamaniac. Because it was the same throw that Hogan did to Earl Hetman. Oh. Which fell short of Andre the Giant, but passed Ted DiBiase and Virgil. One wonders, did Earl hit his head, and that injury caused him to screw Brett in the end? Yes. Knobs picks up Booker. Knobs kind of loses his balance, but sags his wise and tags himself in. Knobs lands a running slam, and sags to the top rope, with a big elbow drop. Yep. He goes for the pin and gets the three. Knobs is still in the ring while the ref is counting. Yeah. Mm. Kara goes wild for the new tag team champions, the Nasty Boys. And then uh, we get the Blue Bloods showing yes. up in the entranceway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby! I guarantee the Nasty Boys a victory! And we get it! You heard it! Wait a minute, the Blue Bloods. What are they getting? What is this? Well, I'm sure they want a piece of the new tag team champions. They're in line, they feel they should be the number one contender, and they're there to speak their teeth, I believe. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is not on the schedule. These guys are not supposed to be involved here. Nobs gives a victory speech to a camera that's not that we're yeah. not really trained on right yeah, now. Yeah, no, so you just hear Nobs yelling, but yeah. you don't really know where he's yelling or why he's yelling. And then the Blue Bloods come out, and yes. some dude yells, "Go back, go back to England!" Very, very, right very, very speed racist like. Yeah. yeah. When the Blue Bloods oh. were walking towards the ring, Bischoff says, "This isn't on the schedule." I got so worried he was going to say script. No, it was, late, it was to come. No. Yeah, later to come. I think I think Bischoff would. The yeah, Nasty Boys join Eric Bischoff on the ramp for a collaborative victory speech. We said we were gonna do it. Hackendock was styled. We did it. Tell him, Nasty style. Let me tell you something, Eric Bischoff, and all these fine fans of St. Petersburg. The Nasty Boys said they were gonna sweep him, and what we say, we do. Because we ain't scared of anybody. But Blue Bloods, you want to be number one contenders? You got it, you two punks. The Nasty Boys want you two idiots in the square circle. Uh, it's time to find out what color Bloods really running through those veins, Blue Bloods. Nasty sensation's going to run wild. All right, Brian, I've got to ask you about the injury. Nobody expected you to come out. What is the injury? How bad is it? Let me tell you something, Eric Bischoff. The Nasty Boys, take a licking and keep on ticking, baby. Any final comments from the new World Tag Team Champions? They're ours now. Anybody, anytime, bring it on to this Nastyville for the Ladia. Nasty sensation. <laughs> And just like that, the Blue Buds are the new number one contenders, yeah. despite only having, like, two matches on television. Yeah. Yeah, what about Harlem Heat's re- uh, rematch, man? What about him? What yeah. about, hold on, what about a new regular tag team, Brad Armstrong and Tim Horner? What, what about, about Raven? Raven? What about 
Brad Armstrong. What about the Candyman? So, we then cut straight to Gene Okerlund, who is standing by with my Jewish grandmother. I mean, Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan, my friend, come on in. Tonight, you're going to be facing the man with no friends, no name, not too much. For just a second, Kevin, please. Kevin, this man has not been normal. Normal, perhaps a bad choice of words. Whenever I talk about Kevin Sullivan, you're going to be facing the man formerly known as Butcher. That sounds like Prince for some reason. I'm not afraid. But what, what, what is it with you? Gene, do you feel cold in here? You are disoriented. I don't feel cold. No, it's warm. It's 85 degrees. Who are you kidding? You know, Butcher, or the man with no name, I told you not to show up here because it wasn't what I feared that was going to happen to you. It's what I fear that's going to happen to me. I haven't slept in the last five days. Butcher, I'm going to take everything. Are you sure you're not cold? You know, this uh, may be the old story of what goes around comes around because, Kevin Sullivan, you've ruined a lot of people's lives as of late. I don't have to tell these fans. I certainly don't have to tell you. Look what you did to this man. You've, you've, he's, he's now totally useless. The whole problem was with the butcher or the man with no name is that he still believes in Hulkamania. This Hulkamania that you really believe, all you have to do is say your prayers, take your vitamins, and believe in yourself, and things will be right. Well, butcher, man with no name, it ain't going to happen. And, Gene, there's something wrong with you if you don't think it's not cold in here. It, well, it's not cold, gentlemen. It's not cold in here, is it? It's, 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 it's warm. It's maybe 90 in here. I gotta You're go. going the wrong way. That's the men's room. Please, that way. Head to the ring. Kevin Sullivan, let's get back to more action at Slamboree. <laughs> Who's the funnest crazy person I've ever seen? No, watch? it's not even funny. No, I don't mean no, funny. I mean, hilarious. he looks like fun. so bad. This is hilarious. It's the worst. Is it cold in here, Bubby? Do you have a tissue? I got sweats on my face. He And then, like, further down, like, the show... I realized how bad he was. Mm. But I'm going to disagree with you, Pat. No. He was, I thought he was brilliant there. It was hilarious. I, I thought it was just bad. Is it cold in here? <laughs> he goes on, he, he's talk, he so talks good. about Hulk Hogan for nine minutes. No, he was talking about the man with no butcher. Yeah, can I just, when did he become a Hulkamaniac again? He's not. But, but why was just... he saying that in the... Well, funny ass, Pat. Mm. <laughs> uh, about... I want to say two to three weeks before this on Worldwide, Ooh. Kevin Sullivan, after addressing Butcher's shortcomings as a member of the Three Faces of Fear, pile drove Butcher on the stage, yes. and uh, hence spelling the end of the Three Faces of Fear. This one's for you. Spelling the end of the Three Faces of Fear, despite the um. fact that the man with no name comes out to the music of the Three Faces yeah, of, of Fear. Of course he does. Wait, um, so, so he's not a Hulkamaniac? But he doesn't want to have fun with his family and he's friends. He's not. Um, Gene calls him the man with no friends. <laughs> fucking hilarious. And this will also come up later on, by the way. Wait, he hasn't. So, he also hasn't slept like in a week. Apparently, Kevin Sullivan hasn't slept in five days, yeah. and he's very yeah. cold. It's kind of how I feel. Which is hilarious. Which is weird because he's wearing a really, really a robe. A robe. Yeah, but he doesn't bigger. wear knee pads, and he wears underwear. Who's Clearly, fault he's is cold. That? He has not enough circulation, is my guess. Bring some knee pads next time we go take a shower, man. What am I going to tell you? Not a fan. So, up next we have the man formerly known as the Butcher, the man with no name, exactly how Gary Michael Capetta yeah. announced him, against Kevin hey. Sullivan. Um, I do love that Three Faces of Fear music, though, for some reason. I do. Yeah. I like it. And then uh, Sullivan has some pretty kick-ass music in this, yes. too. It was like... 
like Scott Steiner's eventual music. I yeah. really, really liked it. Um, I just started calling but the man with no name, Bill S. Preston Esquire, because <laughs> he has a million fucking names, and I don't know which one to call him, yeah. and Bill S. Preston Esquire from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's all I got. Uh, so, man does his best WCW NWO revenge entrance. He comes out, stands there for a little while, and then resumes, pauses, <laughs> and then continues walking. And then he falls back on the fucking clasping of the hands. The hands. Uh, I will say one thing, though. He does look In shape, significantly kinda. less fat than he did right. even, like, two, three weeks ago on yeah. TV. He's on the gas, buddy. Hey, can we talk about his weird sweatpants? No, let's not really talk tight. about his... Dude, he... Those were really I don't know weird. where Butcher got his pants made, Those but he needed to get, like, scary. a new seamstress. Yeah. Those are not main event pants. No. Those are fucking abysmal. Those look like he went to, like... I don't know, Henry's or some shit, and got, like, the wrong size. Like, he got So he went to Fat Albert. Yeah, he's like, yeah, let me get an extra large, because that's his size in normal stores. <laughs> what do you got right now, boss? We got FUBU. Ah. Uh, I got a show. I got I'll take it. Uh, I'll just draw a dagger on the side. <laughs> Wait, he has the fucking sunglasses on. I did like his air pra- like, uh... No, I never like his pants. They're his, really uh, stupid. skulls. No, because they look like he drew them on. They look horrible. Anyway... Yeah, um, at one point, though, it's funny, Eric Bischoff doesn't put in, like, even, like, a vocal comma. He goes, Kevin Sullivan, the man with no name. <laughs> <laughs> so we start off with Butcher taking it to Kevin before the bell even rings, and he takes him out to the floor. Butcher does some number-based offense in the corner, punches, turnbuckle strikes, etc., which I guess is, which I, I, I took as an easy way to get the fans into him, because they didn't really seem to care about him when he walked yeah. out, and it kind of worked, actually. Nobody seemed to care about anything. It kind of worked, though. Off the ropes, Butcher grabs a sleeper on Kevin, which actually gets a pretty good reaction, but Kevin does a something to break oh. it up. I don't know if it was supposed to be him picking him up and pancaking him. I don't know if it was supposed to be a jawbreaker, but it looked horrible, and it looked like yeah. Kevin could have broken his neck. Yeah. So... It looked kind of shitty. Get well soon, Kevin, because that was horrible. <laughs> Kevin takes him to the outside, and they exchange very percussive chops to the chest. Eric says that Butcher got a mouthful of Kevin Sullivan after he bit Kevin. Whoa. Yeah, I had a little Beavis and Butthead laugh to that one. <laughs> we go back to the ring, and Butcher starts to butch up. <laughs> he gets a pile driver. Kevin gets his foot on the ropes for a two count. And then Kevin just pops back up, and he's back on they, offense. They didn't show him putting the foot on the... No, they didn't. Yeah. No, they didn't. So they just get up, and you're like... Oh, yeah, man, and then Kevin, Kevin just revived and gets up, and... Pal <laughs> Driver is not a very effective... I guess. ...to hold on this show at yeah. times. So, we go back to the floor, where we get some back rakes and pulse smashes on the man with no name. We go back into the ring. Butcher attempts to come back and gets a really lame-looking clothesline. He goes for a splash in the corner, which Kevin moves out of the way of. And then sets him up for the Tree of Woe. Mm-hmm. He gets a running oh. knee smash. Oh, shit, right to the dick. Tree of Woe to the dick. Seriously. A man with no dick. <laughs> <laughs> then Kevin gets his patented double stomp. That sounded dreadful when he landed it. It sounded like his feet went through his body. <laughs> and then we get the anticlimactic three count. Yep. While Kevin chats with Butcher during the pin. And then, as oh, Kevin's shit. music is playing... Suddenly, yeah, what the oh fuck shit. suddenly, all my dreams begin to come true. Yes! Butcher really had control of this contest. 
for about 70 or 80 percent of the time. Oh, wait a minute. Look at that. Who is that? Oh, my goodness. From the bowels of New York City to the Champs-Élysées in Paris to the slums of Singapore, Hulkamaniacs all wearing the red and the yellow, the army of the immortal Hulk Hogan. Sullivan has gone into people. He's getting out of here. He's terrified of that man, whoever that man is, or whatever he is. One alone to darkness, Solomon, come forth, my son. Maybe we should get out of here, too. I don't know, but what in the, who is that? What is that? And where is Sullivan going? He's going for the exit. And I don't think I can blame him. You heard what he said. Kevin Sullivan, come forth, my son. And Sullivan disappeared. Into the crowd. Any thoughts on uh, from the slums of Singapore? <laughs> Come unto me, my son. I didn't get what the fuck. All right, first of all, I've never followed the uh, the Dungeon of Doom storyline. Well, getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah, getting ahead of ourselves. This I never followed it, but as like a, a fan coming into this, like because I've never watched like the early WCW. fan coming into his own. As a fan watching this, like they just they just play the audio. And then, like, they don't show the video right away. So they just play the audio, and then they just show a guy in makeup just screaming at the camera. What do you mean? That was Don Rickles. Who was that? I actually know who it is, but we'll save that for a later date. Yeah. Fuck you. Don Rickles in Trapped in Ice okay. starts yelling at well, wait, Kevin was, Sullivan. He was set in stone for years, apparently, yes. to Bischoff, and he finally woke up. He runs. Runs. He yeah. I gotta get out of here. He does this weird thing where he really, like, I guess he's too, like, fat at this point to, like, hop over the barricade, so he just, like, swivels Leans his stomach it, over yeah. it, and then he jets right to the back. Yeah. I gotta go catch the Greyhound back to Southie. I gotta call my mother. <laughs> I better call my mother. I better call my lawyer. Eh, screw my lawyer. <laughs> and as Kevin is running off into the crowd, we cut to Mean he Gene. Off into the sunset yeah, we like cut a cowboy. <laughs> we cut to Mean Gene, who is joined by Jimmy Hart, Hulk Hogan, and Macho Man Randy Savage. Well, you know something, Mean Gene? We were a little late showing up tonight, brother, because the macho man was dog paddling from Clearwater Beach. His daddy, Angelo Poffo, was doing the backstroke, brother, and I wish we had got Flair and Vader in that no-good enforcer outside the building in the parking lot before this thing started. When we pulled up, bro, they were popping off, but the thing they don't realize, they better hide in those dress rooms. They're better wait for the last minute. There are so many macho monster maniacs out there, brother, that between Randy and myself, the greatest manager in the world, Jimmy Hart, and Dangerous Angelo Poffo, there's no way, brother, they're going to get out of this building. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, I must swim over here. I saw sharks, man of wars. There was red tides and submarines. But they were all friendly compared to Flair, Vader, and the Enforcer. But let me tell you what's going down right now. This is the bottom line. 
These are the Monster Maniacs, and we will not be denied. Tonight, Slamboree is our night. Legends reunion. Angela Popo, the dangerous one, being inducted as WCW Hall of Fame. Nothing's raining on our parade. No way. All right, Hulkster, you take a look at Flair and Vader. You, you actually asked them to come on out in the parking lot, and all of a sudden, they begged off. Well, you know, they're an awesome twosome, brother. And when you put the enforcer in the corner, it's like double jeopardy all over again. But the thing is, with the momentum of Hulkamania, with the new vein that's blowing out the back of my tricep, brother, the new hoses running up and down the pythons, brother, I felt like a 747 coming in for a crash landing to my hometown. And the fact that when you stack momentum on top of momentum with Macho Man's dad, Dangerous Angelo, out there teaching us every trick in the book, brother, these guys don't realize the power of the Monster Maniacs. These guys don't realize how crazy that renegade is if we could find him. And they have no idea how many Slim Jims the Macho Man has already snapped into. <laughs> Let me smell that Slim Jim breath, brother. Oh, <laughs> it's the calm before the storm. There's some bad weather brewing in the air. And we will not be denied. Well, you know, the way I look at things, Mean Gene, all around the Bay Area, we got this stinky red tide going. So everybody around the country is watching, and I can't think of a better place to deposit them than out in the Gulf of Mexico, brother. What you gonna do with a Macho Man Jimmy Hart and Hulk Hogan run wild on you? Ooh, yeah! Hogan basically admits here that he's back on the shit as he refers <laughs> to his new veins on his triceps and biceps. Oh, and then he outs Savage, saying that Flair and Vader have no idea how many Slim Jims yeah. Macho has snapped into Hit me already. With that Slim Jim breath, brother. Yeah. So yeah, Hogan. Wait a second. What? It's Hogan's slogan time. Oh! You see, Patrick. You swerved. bald son of a bitches! See, Patrick swerved me and told me he didn't do this tonight, and you. then I. You son of a bitch! You will never do a podcast with me again. I uh, swear to God, I'll go in the goddamn grave. Oh, man. My heart was broken. I had while. fucking Nick going for a good five minutes. I was like, no, man, I didn't do that shit. Why would I fucking do this shit? Hogan's Hogan's dude brother pythons hanging and banging. What you gonna do? Uh, zero for dude? Oh, fuck. This is a dudeless promo. <laughs> he has one pythons, but glorious pythons, because he just got that new vein, bro. Yeah, new the veins. The waterfall of veins. I know a thing or two about the new veins. <laughs> one thing wonders was he shooting into the main vein. PG, man. PG. <laughs> Zero hanging and bangings. Zero what you gonna do's. Ooh. Now it's time for brothers. Uh oh. How many times do you think he said brother? Uh, I'm gonna say 85. Nope. <laughs> 15. We got. Eight brothers, uh-huh. adding on one bro. Oh, it, it said bro. Bro. So this isn't his uh, biggest brother day to, to date, but no. no, though I think yeah. a couple of pay per views won. It was like nineteen. He had eighteen at yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. But we have we have two specials here. Ooh, not to be outdone. Not to be outdone. Between Macho Man and Hogan, we have three Mean Jeans. Ooh, and. We have two oh yeahs. Hmm. One by Macho Man at the end. 
Improper oh yeah deliverer. Yeah. And one at the middle of the promo by Hogan. Ooh. Improper deliverer. Yes. Yes. It was kind of weird hearing him. Yeah. It was very forced. But can we talk about the fucking hype level of this promo? Yeah, they were sky oh, high. Holy shit. Hogan comes <laughs> in fucking like tweaking right away. <laughs> flexing his hands. And fucking Macho Man is wandering around fucking in the front someplace. <laughs> Well, at least he's saying something this time yeah. around. So after this, we cut to Angelo Poffo talking about how excited he is to watch his son wrestle. I'm ecstatic for getting into the Hall of Fame and especially watching my son, Randy Macho Man Savage, wrestle tonight. Angelo Poffo just has an interesting look about he him. He doesn't look like does. what I thought he would look right? like. Right? Yeah. Granted, like, he's older now, but still. Older then. Yeah. He looks like a thumb with hair. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a small nose. Just hair where your th- where your nail is. Yeah. Like if Macho Man hadn't grown a full beard when he was older, he'd oh, actually yeah. look a lot like him. Yeah. Suddenly, the NWO hits the ring. Nope. Sorry. The screen it's a, goes black and white. It's a Legends match. Yeah. And yeah. This is gonna be interesting here because that's what old wrestling was shown in, yes. as said by Eric Bischoff ninety three times. Yes. Yeah. In I, case I, you're just joining in now. Uh, I know these guys for a fact wrestled in color at some point. Yes, they did. Yeah. I, I, it's on YouTube. Well, 70s, yeah. They're yeah. both yeah. from the 70s. Mm. I know. It's color TV. Yes. Yeah. I mm. don't think Ric Flair ever wrestled in black and white, and he was wrestling with Wahoo McDaniel. Yeah. yeah. But we are treated to something very nice. We are. Yeah. We are treated, which I didn't know. We're treated? We are greeted. I didn't know that this was going to happen, and apparently Bobby the Brain Heenan didn't know. Gordon Soley. Yep. Is calling the match yep, with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah. Gordon Sully employs with the audience, do not adjust your sets, which is something that means nothing today to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I even had to think about it. I go, can I even do that? <laughs> well, I, I guess I could put the brightness up and yeah. change up a little bit. So, a very, very, very small snippet of backstory. This was actually supposed to be Wahoo McDaniel against. Dory Funk Jr., but I can't find any explanation as to why he wasn't there. Well, Dory Funk wasn't there. Terry was getting involved. Apparently, though, at Slambury 94, Dory Funk Jr. and Bad News Bonkwinkle had a really, really good match. Oh, whoa. Really? I'll go back and watch that. Yeah. Uh, maybe Dory Funk Jr. was taking care of Terry's sick horse this time. <laughs> An introduction from Bobby the Brain Heenan, which he didn't know that this was happening, which, by the way, great part on WCW for putting this together. Yeah. I thought it was a like great little surprise for Bobby. Cool. Yeah. But what's different is, Bobby, he becomes more of a straight guy. Yes, like, a straight guy. More of, like, a respect. Like, he, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. divert he's not really to color his usual on chicanery. Yeah, he's not, like, making jokes. He's just full respect to Gordon. He throws a few little... You know, slight, slight yeah. jabs so there, but slight. he's not in his full Bobby the Brain no. mode. He's not like this is not fair to flare mode. Yeah. Now, can I say something? In the time period we're at right now, today is a day. Um, gay marriage is now legal in the United States of America. Well, let's just say marriage is legal. In the marriage United in States. general. Yeah, you fucking bigot. Marriage is now, now equal. If I equal might say times. so myself. I think that Gordon Soley and Vin Scully should have been gay married mm. and had a bunch of in vitro babies to commentate baseball and wrestling forever. Oh my oh god, man. yes. That, that would, would have been perfect. spectacular. That would make my dream. If you threw in one kid that was like Bob Eukers, yeah, I'd be extra happy. Mm. Oh, 
But what a fucking delight you get on commentary on this mm-hmm. match. Just watch the match just for the commentary. It's actually, I mean, like, I mean, we we're going to talk about the match, but it's not a bad match. It's not a bad match, but it's one of those like once in a lifetime type of deals. Like you're like <coughs> when he said Garden Soli, and then I realized, oh, oh shit, Heenan is on commentary too. Yeah, I was like, you can't get. You really can't get better. I mean, the one thing I'll preface before we get into this is that this is going to be a very early wrestling yeah. match. It's not... Yep. You're not going to get a lot of the... Actually, what a flippy yeah. dudes. Yeah. I wouldn't be... I think they maybe go off the ropes twice. Yeah. Like, in terms of an Irish whip. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Pat, take us to the match. The match starts. Dirty Dick Murdoch. Dirty Dick, my brother. <laughs> Another mother. Yep. We get a little brief history during the match about Dusty and Dick Murdoch's terrific run as a tag team. Tore it up in the AWA and yep. most of the NWA. So much so that Ric Flair wanted to be just like them. Yeah, it's very true. Who did uh, Bonkwinkle team with? One. Not Ray, Stevens. Ray Stevens. Okay, yeah. yeah there we go. They were a really good team. Yeah. Dirty Dick comes out to no music? Just walks well, straight no, out? Yeah. What do you... I think he was going to come out to I thought American he was Made. Have, like, just something. like Rap. <laughs> Wahoo McDaniel. Wahoo Gleason comes out. <laughs> Wahoo, the actual Native American McDaniels yeah. comes out. Wahoo McDaniel comes out next. Danny DeVito in a Native American headdress. <laughs> <laughs> he reminded me... A little bit of Jackie Gleason. I said that. That's why I said Wahoo Gleason. <laughs> but my next part is, and looking like Lou, Lou Costello for the rest of the match. Yes! <laughs> the match starts with a classic trying to make your opponent flinch type deal. We get a little tie-up. Wahoo backs up Murdoch to the corner. Murdoch forcing the tie-up to be broken. They circle each other. Wahoo gets an arm drag. Pretty nice Who's on Murdoch. Was it Jimmy Jet? No. It wasn't like... It yeah. wasn't anybody like... Felt like they didn't bring back like... Yeah. Bronco Lubitsch or something. <laughs> it's just... I, 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 I just love... I don't think anyone knows <laughs> what the fuck I'm talking about right now. I just love saying Jimmy Jet. We get another tie-up and an arm drag Ooh. by Wahoo yet again. Murdoch up now goes to charge Wahoo to the corner. And Murdoch... Gets a sweet looking wrist lock. No Wahoo chops lock. Murdoch. <sighs> Murdoch sells it like death. Yep, the shit is on. Is Wahoo's right? chops, man. Oh my goodness. You got it, it, Dude, Flair talks about like like his yeah, chops yeah. were legit. Oh my goodness. You got Flair learned it from the best. Yeah. We get another tie up. Murdoch lands some knees to the midsection hmm. of Wahoo. Wahoo then sizes up Murdoch for another chop and lands a chop across his forehead. Yeah. Murdoch sells it like death yet again. I'm surprised his scalp didn't fly off. Another size up, and we get a top wrist lock. Thank you, Gordon Sully, because I would have never wrote down top wrist lock. Top wrist lock. Bobby says that Dusty and Murdoch used to beat people up on the way to the towns. Yep. Murdoch forces the break, but Dirty Dick fights Dirty. <laughs> I wonder what this match would look like on a naturally black and white television. Wahoo does another chop. Chop City. Dick Murdoch kicks Wahoo, and Wahoo just falls. Yeah. Murdoch stomping a mud hole in Wahoo. Murdoch. Murdoch drops outside to the ring. He pulls his head over the apron, and he lands an elbow across Wahoo's neck. 
Murdoch knows hard ways? Ooh. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I'd say so. He, did, he definitely didn't... Uh, it looks like a chop. Ooh, it looks like... Yeah. It's just like... I think basically his lip got busted a bit. I mean, I don't, I, don't think yeah. he, I, don't, I don't think he took a blade to a, his nose. A little yeah. light trickle. Yeah, he didn't. He definitely didn't blade on his on that area of your face. You could do it. I don't think he did. I, I, at this point in his career. I suspect that half the reason these matches were in black and white is because they 100% expected the guys to bleed at some point. Yeah. Maybe. Now both in the ring, Murdoch stands Wahoo up and throws him into the corner. Murdoch goes out to the apron and climbs to the top rope. Now, this is where Nick was saying before. Yeah. He grabs Wahoo's hair and goes for something? Supposed to be a knee to the back of the neck, but they just fall. Yeah. They just tumble. Tumbleweed. <laughs> they both no-sell and get up pretty quickly. Murdoch throws Wahoo to the ropes and lands a back elbow. Wahoo hits Murdoch with a chop. And he pins Murdoch for the three count. Ref and Wahoo leave the ring right away. The Florida screw job. It was a it was a chop off of an Irish whip. So yeah. you know it was a little more devastating because you know Murdoch was coming right at him full force and he just was like fuck you chop chap. Do you, yeah. do you know the time of the match? The time was six minutes and eighteen seconds. Mm. So six minutes and eighteen seconds of tie ups and chops. But they worked it really well. To tell you what, you know what made this match? The fucking ref. Because the ref got in the middle. Because he was like, no, guys, you guys can't be that aggressive towards each other. <laughs> like, he built it up as they hated each other. Which Gordon Sully sold. Yeah. Which Bobby the Brain Heenan sold. That these two were fierce competitors. And they hated each other. That's very true. And what I thought was, it was just great storytelling between the commentators, the ref, and the people in the ring. This was a classic wrestling match. This is how you fucking work, yep. kids. You no had flips, a, no flops. I didn't need. I need. I didn't need a fucking like four fifty splat. I didn't nope, need anything. Never. That's it. Even that little <laughs> scary moment off the top rope. Oh my god! Can you imagine they Dick Murdoch doing a four fifty splat? <laughs> no. No, he does the the Aaron Neville type shit. Oh, yeah. he eats bread Aaron. Aaron Neville. Aaron Neville. Shut the fuck up! You know where they got it from. <laughs> <laughs> the tattoo to mole on his face. My only disappointment with this I'm match... Not really a disappointment. I was fully expecting, with the black and white resolution on the screen, that Wahoo McDaniel was going to rip his skin off and reveal an NWO shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think this might have been a Turner Home Video exclusive that I was able to see, but we cut to Wahoo McDaniel in the back, oh. who had a suit on. Well, you know, I feel great, you know, and I want to thank everybody that uh, sponsored me being in the Hall of Fame, and especially I want to thank, you know, the fans that took the time all over the years to remember the good hard matches I used to have with John Valentine, Harley Race, Jack Briscoe, Terry, Dory Funk. Some of the real hard battles I had, they all remember. They've all stuck with me over the years, and I think a lot of that had to do with me getting in the Hall of Fame. Unless Wahoo just happened to have a suit and a color television handy as soon as the match was over. Then we cut to Dick Murdoch, who has exactly one sentence for us. There's a lot of great athletes that have been to it in the past, and a lot more is going to be to it in the future, and it's just a pleasure to be here. We then immediately cut to Mean Gene with Big Bubba Rogers. Without a doubt, Sting is one of the greatest wrestlers in the world today. But I'm one of the very few men on the face of God's green earth that's beat you, Sting. But I know something that the fans don't know. 
when that referee counted one, two, three, I felt all the faith that you had for yourself and your body disappear. I felt the faith of the people in the stand disappear. Why I even lost faith in Sting myself? Because tonight, boy, I'm going to beat you for the second time. And that will be the end of Sting in World Championship Wrestling. I will run you out of here on a railroad punk. And that's bottom line. Just because I'm big enough, just because I'm bad enough, and just because I can. So Sting, you get ready. Every man, woman, and child that's sitting in their stands that believe in Sting, you get ready because I'm going to come out there and destroy everything you believe in. I should point out for the record, this is going to be a lights-out match. The lights will flash in the arena here at the Bayfront Center as Sting meets Big Bubba. Right now, let's go back to Gary Michael Capetta. He's still <laughs> rocking the suit, sunglasses, and fedora. Yeah. So beautiful. Maybe he's an early uh, men's rights activist. <laughs> Do you shop at Men's Warehouse? Big Bubba P.I. does. <laughs> he got his suit half off. <laughs> So up next, we have Great Muda with a band against Paul Orndorff for the IWGP Championship. What an entrance. Yeah, so um, Muda's taiko drum entrance must have inspired somebody for Mania 31. Can I just say, yeah. I was, as soon as I saw that, I was like, Sting wishes his entrance was as cool as this yeah. one was. Yeah, and he had It like, was so good. Yeah, they had like double the amount of drummers for Sting. It was uh, essentially almost the same music, too. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, I, I can do you one better. Mississippi Queen! Yeah. Pretty, Mississippi Queen completely cuts off Muda's band. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Dorf comes out to the pretty wonderful wait, thing. Wait, 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 wait. My problem with this was Eric welcomes us back to the 20th century. <laughs> what an asshole. To which... Eric Bischoff, TV has only been around since the 20th century. Jesus Christ. Uh, he, was, he probably said that. He was like, oh. Where's Doc Brown when you need him? Oh, wait, wait are, you, are we not going to talk about the fucking pyro that he had? Muda? Yeah. Oh, it was nice. How it engulfed the fucking drummers? Yeah. I thought that they were dead at one point. <laughs> dead. But the drummers were just like, nah, we, we cool. We got this. We, got we, this. we do this all the time. You can't, you can't phase a Tycho drummer. You really can't. They're, they're so in the moment. Now. They're in the now. Orndorff gets no love for the hometown boy. No, oh, well, <laughs> he gets a lot of uh, a very, very loud Paula chant. Yeah. The Japanese section of fans also uh, seem to dislike him with many thumbs down. Did anyone else notice that Great Muda kind of looks like that drawing of the Zodiac Killer? <laughs> wow. Which is kind of peculiar, considering the soon-to-come character developments in WCW. Spoiler. Oh, yeah. Spoiler ski. No, 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 no. Well, before the match gets started, Brain and Bishi debate the effect of jet lag that can have on wrestlers. <laughs> Brain and Bishi, really? <laughs> yeah. Bishi. Yes. Bischoff. Uh, yeah, I got that. And then they also debate the difference in style of American versus Japanese wrestling, to which I have information for them. Most of Muda's career has now taken place in America. <laughs> Thank you, Michael Cole. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he split his time, and he's... Yeah. As I said, the last... When we did our Spring Stampede 94, Muda considers himself very much an American-style wrestler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paul Orndorff does not enjoy the Paula chance and gets in the face of Nick Patrick, and Nick Patrick backs him into a fucking corner. Way to sell your, your yourself, Paul Orndorff. Yeah. Kenny Nick Patrick. <laughs> he looks like Kenny Powers now. 
<laughs> yes, you're right. He is in full mulleted Nick yes. Patrick mode now. Yep. The match begins, and Muda almost kills Dorf with a roundhouse that Dorf just gets out of the way of. Yeah. After exchanging some holds, Great Muda turns on Dorf with a throat slit motion. Dorf responds in kind by motioning that Muda can kiss his ass. I didn't say that, uh, Moond- uh, Moondorf. Yeah. Moondorf! Please <laughs> <laughs> oh welcome the Moondorfs. Moondorf Spot and Moondorf Paul. That's one for the YouTube if that ever happens. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Orndorf and Muda are really good at these, uh, quick chain wrestling exchanges. And, uh, it gets a good sort of energy to the beginning yeah. of the match. Uh, Muda gets a jumping backside kick, as Eric Bischoff would call it, <laughs> and uh, to an early prepared Orndorff, who is holding up his arms very much Aww. in advance. And then, I bet you uh, wish he had Sully during this match. Eric, Eric and Bobby say, Steven Seagal, eat your heart out. Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Muda climbs to the top rope as Orndorff's on the outside, but he leers at Orndorff. Eric's calling all of Muda's offense, and he sounds like a fucking Indianapolis auctioneer. Yeah, this is, uh, I'd say this is Eric Bischoff at his finest. Yeah. Wait, he, is it, is it, like, McMahon-like style commentary? Is no, it, it's oh like, God, no, 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 he's just, like, very, very punctually and, you know, <laughs> basically fluidly calling everything that he's <laughs> yeah. doing. Move by move by move. And this is, oh my my goodness. guess is, he was on headset listening to Gordon Soley. Probably. And he was like, fuck, I gotta follow Shit. that. So after Orndorff gets back in the ring, they lock up. And Orndorff finally gets the advantage and works Muda's left arm. But Muda gets it back after Orndorff misses an elbow drop. Muda hits one of his own elbow drops, and it looks fucking amazing. It's that, like, he, he bounces off the ropes, and he just does this, like, weird kick motion. Oh, my God. And it legit looks like he could kill you with this I feel thing. like Gangrel kind of did that sort of yeah. elbow drop later on. Eric Ever the Rebel says that we are filled to the rafters. Rafters count one. <laughs> you look so sad and serious. Rafter slogans. After exchanging more holds, shifting advantage back and forth, Orndorff hits a lovely side suplex out of a headlock and then tosses Muda out of the ring, and then he starts to choke Muda with a camera cable. The referee does not give him a yeah, DQ no on this one, but he does count towards DQing. The thing, the thing I didn't like about this was that, okay, so Orndorff is holding this camera cord, and the cameraman... Is standing next to Ornorf, <sighs> holding the camera cord, trying to make sure he doesn't rip it. Still filming. Oh, my God. And we don't get that view. No, you We don't just get... get the cameraman laughing, trying to stop Ornorf from ripping the camera cord out of the camera. And I would just like to say at this point, it sounds like ECW has a better camera fucking team than it sounds like, at this point. It sounds like the baddest cameraman on the planet. This... So, like, this, this this exact moment he here... He fights the guy at WrestleMania that fucking Sean knocked out in the hell in the Yeah. Car. This moment here is the opposite of what you get later on when The Rock is holding the camera and gets stunned while holding yeah. the camera. Yeah. This is like, oh, that's happening and I can't experience yeah. it. Orndorff suplexes Muda back into the ring and follows up with his conniption fit, trademark, elbow, and starts to work Muda's neck. While this move is being worked... Bishi and Brain talk about Tony's neck surgery. Can you please not say Bishi and Brain? <laughs> because all I think about is, like, when I was a kid and I was three years old, oh, Patrick, you have to go bathroom? Yeah, go Bishi. 
Peachy. Wow, okay. All right. When Bischoff says that Brain probably didn't bother to call Tony, Brain says, I didn't even know he was sick. <laughs> nice. That's a throwback to both Golden Girls and Russell Crap Radio. Yeah. Muda starts to fight out of the chin lock and takes it to Orndorff, but he misses a drop kick as Orndorff holds onto the ropes. Orndorff then locks in a front face chin lock. Front chancery, as we call it. Muda picks Orndorff up while in the chin, the front face chin lock and gives him an inverted atomic drop. He then whips Orndorff to the ropes, catches Orndorff with a clothesline and an elbow drop from the second rope. But Orndorff recovers and starts putting the boots to Muda. The boots. And he gets a two count after a snap mare and a fist drop, which is the... This is actually the first pin attempt in the entire match. Really? Yes. Holy shit. Wow. And this is, like, a while like into the match. Six or seven minutes in, yeah. yeah. That's what you call working. Now, somewhere around this point, Eric says that WCW brings you the best from east to west. Slogan machine. People, if, if people understand why I'm calling Bischoff Bishi in a Japanese-involved wrestling match, <laughs> points to you. Orndorff sets Muda up for the pile driver, but it's countered with a back body drop. Muda then takes it to Orndorff with chops and a jumping back sidekick, as Eric would put it. And then Muda puts Dorff in the corner. Nobody puts Mr. Wonderful in the corner. And hits an awesome and perfect handspring elbow. Now, you might say wonderful. You might. This move has been often imitated by the likes of Cronus and China and what have you, yet it will never, ever look as good or as painful or as awesome of a move as Great Muda. Muda follows up with a bulldog and gets a two count. He then hits a side breaker, according to Eric Bischoff, <laughs> and then... <laughs> a side breaker. The next time you're in a ring, whisper. Slambreaker, that's gonna. What the fuck? You never watched Slambreaker '95, you fucking nerd. Oh my god! And he uses what exactly was a sidebreaker? I don't remember. It was a sidebreaker. So following the sidebreaker, he is now set up for a nice top rope moonsault, and Muda gets the three count. Cue Muda's unexciting WCW music, but still at 14 minutes and 11 seconds, Muda retains the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. By the way, in case people aren't sure, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship is the title for New Japan Wrestling. Yeah. So, we cut to a sexy video package for the Arn Anderson-Alex Wright match. The oddest music. The Enforcer. Arn Anderson is a seasoned veteran. He again holds the world television title. Looked upon as a blue-collar brawler, he's willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. The patent on the spine buster belongs to Arn, and so does the world TV title. He faces Alex Wright in his rookie year. He's proven to be a young German sensation. Alex is on a quest to capture his first title belt, Das Wunderkind. The Wonderkid is rapidly building a style of his own. A collision course brings these two face to face for the world television title. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but there is a very... It's relatively famous. It's on YouTube. It's an 80s dating montage. Oh, my God, yeah. And you know that a journey always begins with the first step. 
And I hope that if you like what I'm trying to say or you'd like to know more about me, to please write. That's what I thought this was. That's Hi. what I thought this was. Hi, my name is Kip. I like to play ping pong with yep. my cat. That's what I thought this was. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought this was. I'm an avid player of shoots and ladders. <laughs> uh, sometimes I like to play the flute. Not a lot. I'm the not flute. good. We then cut to Mean Gene, joined by Ric Flair, Vader, and Arn Anderson. And right off the bat, Arn Anderson calls Alex, Alec. Gene Oakland, what I'm going to do is teach Alec Wright once and for all, Wonderkin. While guys your age call me Mr. Anderson, because, pal, I earned it. I didn't get this out of a bubblegum machine. I earned it every time I go in that ring. Tonight, be no different. Then I'm going to watch these guys back. All right, the big main event, and uh, we've got Vader here, but uh, you look like you're dressed fit to kill, Ric Flair. But I'm going downtown tonight. We're going to celebrate. Why should I put on my wrestling attire when I go to the ring? With Vader, Hogan, you and the Macho Man have run roughshod on this part of the country for the last time. Tonight, at the Bayfront, Glen Marie, I turn the big man loose. I stand back, I watch, I admire, and I give praise. Woo! Talking about the big man, 452-pound Vader. Hogan! Oh, yeah, brother. You are looking at the most powerful wrestler in the world today. These are the biggest shoulders in the world today. And, brother, it's the ambition. It's the ambition, baby. They're Python eaters, and they're coming out to the ring with me, brother. Not only Rick Flair, not only the enforcer on the Addison, but yeah, Vader himself, brother. You can run, but you can't hide no more. It's Vader time. Yeah. Thank you very and much. You know, we style and we profile, baby. I don't know about you guys, but while watching this, I was most distracted by Big Van Vader, who was just walking around yelling and screaming. Oh, and you mean his <laughs> biceps, which are now named Itsy and Bitsy? Oh. The, the Python Eaters? <laughs> Which, by the way, Arn cut a fucking amazing promo yeah. while talking about this kid, and you, I was just distracted the whole time. Well, he by Vader's he, massive he traps. Yeah, he's just like <gasps> he's just flexing. At one point, he, goes, <laughs> <laughs> he does that oh, shit. I'm man. like, I'm like, if okay. Only people at home could, could see, see what Patrick just did. He does the he does that shit, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> He just did. <laughs> he does that shit. I'm like, okay, I guess. And Ric Flair starts talking, which... Fucking Ric Flair. <laughs> Holy shit. You get Arn Anderson and a Ric Flair to do a fucking promo. In a room together. God damn it. But guess what? You're still going to be goddamn fucking distracted by Big Van Vader. And which, by the way, traps. when it, it was his time to talk, Arn Anderson and Ric Flair stood fucking still and didn't yeah. distract. Yeah. They did their job, but Big Van, I guess he had to, like, he's a, he's a... He's a big, Van. Va Big Van Morrison. He's a big fucking dude. 
we then cut to what I assume is a Turner Home Video exclusive. Nope, we got it. Oh, Terry Funk being super modest about how much of a legend yeah. he is. Yeah, okay. wearing a tuxedo with a headband. With a headband, yes. Which is and one modest. dangly yeah. earring. I'm not so sure that I am a legend in professional wrestling whenever you think about all of the years and the great ones, whenever you think about Hackenschmidt, Gotch, Carl and Frank, and you come on up, you got Ed Strangler, Lewis, you know, Stecker, Lundus, Steele, Thaz, O'Connor, Hutton, all of these wonderful wrestlers. And you move into the present age where you had Briscoe as a world's heavyweight champion, you have Harley Race, my brother Dory Funk Jr. And uh, try to try to fill those type of of, of shoes, you know. I, I, I just I just don't really consider myself able to stand toe to toe with those kind of people, but uh, it certainly is a pleasure and an honor to be here. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught this. But somebody's in the background walking around. I saw someone, but I couldn't tell who it was. Alex Wright. Oh, oh yeah. Speaking of Alex Wright, <laughs> up next, we got out. Al- oh, keep going. I want background music. Up next, we have Alex Wright against Orrin Anderson for the WCW World Television Championship. So Alex Wright comes out and does his little backflip entrance, to which Gary Michael Capetta lets out a super gay... Wow. I saw that, he was like, wow. Orrin comes out to an early version of the 1998... S uh, 1998 era Horseman theme, which was really really cool. Nice to hear. Nice to hear. Just whenever I hear that music, my hand does a does a does a thing. It goes mix of four. (laughs) (laughs) So we start with some posturing, and Alex gets an arm drag on Arn. Alex works a headlock through various hijinks, such as you know one of my favorite spots in wrestling. Uh, Arn whips him off. Goes for a drop down. Alex sees his ruse and raises him a headlock. Oh my gosh. Later on, Orrin whips him off again, goes for a drop down. Alex, like, backflips over him, jumps over, jumps over. Another headlock. By God, he's just whipping off Alex Pratt. Would we call these a German headlock? So Orrin cuts him off with a shoulder in the corner, but gets an enziguri for his troubles, and we're back to the headlock. Arn sells that enziguri like a chick. Death, yeah. Yeah, Arn is... I don't know how many rotations that guy did. <laughs> Arn cuts him down again with a knee on the ropes, goes for an enziguri of his own, but misses, and gets caught in an STF, or as Alex Wright should call it if he was going to use it as a signature move, a sexy F. I don't know how that went over, so it sounded funny at the time. <laughs> Eric Bischoff says that Arn Anderson has a neck like a fire hydrant. <laughs> There's something... While watching this match, Arn is, like, both subtle yet overt at the same time. So, like, when he's... He, you can see him... He looks like he's trying to think of a way to beat this guy. He screams when he's putting holds. Yeah. It's something so amazing about him. I can't mm-hmm. even, like, figure it out. So Arn works out of the STF and bails out of the ring, but gets baseball slid and toe-paid... For more of his troubles. Mm-hmm. Oh, Orin eats a ring post while trying to beat up Alex on the outside. Damn, they stealing g- George the Animal Steel's gimmick? Yeah, <laughs> They go back into the ring, and now Alex works on the arm. You Arn- said the arm of the arm of Arn? <laughs> <laughs> an Arn bar? I'm really sad he never did that. If he was, if Arn Anderson was an up-and-coming wrestler in 2015, his finishing move would be the Arn bar. Just saying. 
Arn backs Alex up into the corner and catches him with an elbow to take over. Alex tries to come back with a few European uppercuts, comes off the ropes, and catches a big spine buster for his troubles. Arn hits a slingshot into the bottom rope and starts choking him. Arn goes for a spinning toe hold, gets booted into the corner, and gets caught and goes up for goes up to the second rope for a double axe handle, but gets caught in the stomach on the on the way down. Alex hits his spinning ass attack, a snap suplex, and goes up to the top rope and hits a flying drop kick to what looks like Arn Anderson's throat. Yeah, seat, I guess. <laughs> Alex attempts to come back, but gets probably my favorite. I mean, basically, most of the things that Arn Anderson does are my favorite spots in wrestling, but I love this one especially because he does it a lot. They're going back and forth. Arn goes for a punch. Alex ducks. Arn hits a big DDT for the win to a huge pop oh at... Oh, my God. 11 minutes and 36 seconds. So up next... We have Ming against Road Warrior Hawk in what Eric Bischoff says, as I previously noted, Why? a surprise bonus match. I also have. Oh, please, yes. Yeah. I got some info. Wait, what year is this? 1995. 95. So Tupac wasn't writing this song a long, long time ago, back in 1994. <laughs> What's that? I think I hear crickets off in the distance. So, Dave Chappelle for life. Why, why right. are Legion of Doom... What Legion why, of Doom? Why is the Road Warriors... What Road Warriors? Why are they separated? What they? All I see is Hawk. So, Road Warrior Hawk. Mm. Most of you probably know who he is if you're listening to this podcast, I but I will so. give you a little bit of background on this man. He is one half of the famous tag team of Road Warrior Animal. Hawk has wrestled all over the world and in many different American promotions, including AWA... Jim Crockett Promotions, the WWF, and as well as New Japan, which is where he was just before coming to WCW. You might be wondering, like Patrick, where is Road Warrior Animal? Yeah. Well, he is in WCW alone because Animal injured his back in 1994 after Hawk abandoned him in WWF, and Animal wouldn't be back in the ring again until 1996. Hawk was very unhappy with the, and this is according to my internet sources, uh, Hulk was very unhappy with the current state of the Legion of Doom in WWF with the really? Rocco puppet. Yeah, and that, um, that lasted like a month. Well, that lasted only a month because he left. Animal actually wrestles for a while as a singles competitor in yeah. WWF, and then he gets injured. So, we have our special surprise bonus match. Special surprise extra bonus match. Yeah. <laughs> How many more things can we tag onto this? We can go all day, man. Special surprise Extra bonus match to the extreme. With a side of fries. Ooh. Mm. A side of Colonel Parker's fries. Well, <laughs> to start off, Gary Michael Capetta <laughs> says on the mic, coming to the ring, led, I believe led to the ring by Colonel Robert Parker. Yep. Good old GMC. Yeah. <laughs> you only been working here. Um, one job. Roadway Hawk looks a little tubby. Yeah, uh, Eric Bischoff says this would be a main event in any company across the world, to which I'm very not sure about that. Then why isn't it a main event in WCW? <laughs> because Meng has just started his reign of terror. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's I'm still sorry. He, he, he's still but a sorry. young but a young face of fear. Ming takes it to Hawk very early with chops and kicks and a clothesline, followed up by a pile driver that, predictably, Hawk pops right Mm -hmm. the fuck up from, 
No sound. As I said, the pile driver is a very ineffective hold on this show. Yeah. Yeah, it worked once. Hawk gets a neck breaker on Ming, who also dies. You shouldn't hang me on a hook. My father hung me on a hook once. Once. <laughs> Damn assholes. I watched that recently. Hawk gets a neck breaker on Ming, who also pops right the fuck up. Am I sensing a trend here? Hawk charges Ming in the corner, Ming dodges, and Hawk goes into the post and right out of the ring. Hawk eventually gets back in the ring, and <laughs> Ming gives him the weakest looking backbreaker ever. But Hawk starts to come back by kicking Ming in the face three times. Oh. <laughs> this match is mostly a brawl, though Hawk's shoulder tackle looked really good. Yeah. But these these two are brawlers. Oh, yeah. These two are legitimate tough guys. After a scoop slam, Hawk goes to the top rope and misses a uh, something and rolls outside. Ming follows after him, and they brawl till a double countdown at 4 minutes and 41 seconds. Yay! (laughs) Some wrestlers are brought out to separate them. Uh, the WCW Saturday Night Crew, as I called yeah. Now, who'd you notice? Bro? I noticed one of them. I don't know if you caught like a good. The one who looked like Tony Schiavone with long hair. <laughs> I caught that too. I was like Tony Schiavone. I thought I thought the same thing. I seriously did. He wasn't. He wasn't getting a. Uh, he wasn't getting neck surgery. He was starting his new career <laughs> as a wrestler. <laughs> but on camera a couple times, Minion. Ah, uh, Midian was there. Uh, I was calling the Minion forever. Midian. <laughs> what was his name? Oh, um, Shanghai Pierce. I don't know if he was Shanghai Pierce. Or Tex Slazinger. Tex Slazinger, yeah. yeah. Next up. I suddenly was confused by which era of wrestling I was watching. Because <laughs> it was like Southern Justice but yeah, era. He, but the only thing that gave it away was seeing some of his tattoos. Yeah, he has some yeah. fucking goofy tattoos. So next up, we have WCW Hall of Fame induction. Bobby is indignant that he's not getting inducted. <laughs> this is really funny. Yeah. Gordon Soley is the uh, master of ceremonies here. Uh, the master of thousand-yard stairs because he's waiting for his cue. On his <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I caught that a couple times. <laughs> While watching this, I decided to do a few quick blurbs about them as blurbs. I saw them come. I did too. Yeah. So, uh, all right, well, I'll start with uh, the first inductee. He was co-holder of the AWA World Tag Team title. He was co-holder of the NWA World Tag Team title. Seven times U.S. heavyweight champion. He's held titles all over the world. He's also known as the king of the Indian strap match. He's big, he's tough, and he's an avid fisherman, a world-class bass master. And he can still go to the mat with the best of them, and we saw that just a little while ago. It's my pleasure to present Mr. Wahoo McDaniel, the world championship wrestling hall of fame wahoo mcdaniels a man with a sharp haircut yeah dude had a like he was stylish. he is in full jackie gleason yeah. mode tonight he came out I'm actually impressed. wanting to punch slowly to the moon yeah <laughs> right in the kisser all uh all the uh inductees also get a small obelisk and a uh yeah. thing of flowers yes so next up terry funk a man of many thanks Hi, Mom! You know, I always wanted to do that. I see people do that continually. I'd also like to go ahead and say, God bless you, Dory Funk Sr., my father, for giving me the body and the soul to be a professional wrestler. I would also like to thank my brother, 
Dory Funk Jr. for being at my side throughout my entire wrestling career. I would also like to thank the three ladies of my life. I'm talking about Vicki, Brandy, and Stacy. And what I would like to tell you people is I started wrestling 30 years ago in 1965. I've probably worn out two dozen pair of shoes and damn near wore out my body on top of that. But I loved every minute of it. And I thank you fans for supporting me. But most of all, I thank you for supporting wrestling. Gordon Sully said when the night he won the NWA title, it was with the prettiest inside cradle he ever saw. Yeah. Uh, we also That's learned that moment. Angelo Poffo once performed 6,033 consecutive sit-ups. Now, I want you guys... He's a man of few words, some he cannot pronounce. I want you to tell me what the fuck he said. <laughs> Besides, I can't wait for the Monster Maniac. That's literally that. basically all That's he said. That's something about a cup? Tonight... My cup runneth over, but tonight my cup would really profuse, profusely run over if the monster maniacs emerge victorious. All right, next up, Antonio Inoki, a man of no words. He has, his, he has others speak for him. A man of who has a rare quality of fairness, <laughs> which is why he was brought to the Japanese diet. Then Gordon Soli gives us uh, Antonio Inoki's upcoming travel schedule for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that he's flying to, uh, <laughs> flying to New York to go to the United Nations building. Yeah. <laughs> Insightful. Okay, Insightful. yeah, because I really Thanks. Our next inductee, Big John Studd, a man with no pulse. I fucking hate you. Like, That's fucked up. Yeah. Also, a son with a bull cut. Yes. But he, get, he gets a pass because it was 1995. Yes. <laughs> He was just on his Jonathan Taylor Thomas train. Our next and seemingly final inductee for the night, Dusty Rhodes, a man with a young Cody Rhodes. First of all, it's a real honor and privilege to be standing out here with these gentlemen that represent this sport for all these years. I want to thank my two children, Teal and Cody, Kristen, and the natural Dustin Rhodes for standing behind me through all of this. My new grandbaby, Dakota. Papa says hello. My mom, my stepdad, Mike in Houston. And my dad who's up there right now with Eddie Graham. I wanna thank all of them and most of all, I wanna thank the fans, but because without the fans, this sport does not exist. I also want to thank the most important person in my life, Michelle, my wife, for giving me the choice to chance the rapids, and she left me there to dance the tide. And in closing, if one thing that these gentlemen up here with me have brought you through the years, it was a tremendous amount of blood, sweat, 
and tears and to the new generation that is here now in this great talented WCW. Boys, you better put them on tight and lace them up if you're going to follow in these gentlemen's footsteps right here. God bless you. I love you. Thank you. Anybody notice that when Dusty's talking, he's not dustying it up this time? He kind of is, though. He's very light. He's very... He didn't... Well, realistically, there's Virgil Runnels. Yeah. Dusty Rhodes And there's Dusty's Rhodes. Dusty Dusty's Rhodes. Dusty's Rhodes. Dusty's Rhodes. Yeah, Dusty steals, kind of steals the show here a little bit. And makes everyone else standing there just be like, why am I even here? Angelo Pavel's like, thanks, man. Thank you. But what's this? We have a bonus inductee. Swerve. Oh, I almost forgot one thing. There's one other inductee tonight. When I came to Tampa, Florida, Eddie Graham says, I want you to meet the man that is the greatest announcer in the history of sports. I walked up to Garden Soli and I said, Garden Soli, I'm going to make you famous. And about that time, Muhammad Ali and Cassius Clay was copying me and no Garden. And they were going all over the country. And Garden Soli stayed steady to the task. Garden Soli was a man that always called it like he's seen it. He was a man that brought excitement to the sport of professional wrestling. There has never been there is never gonna be and never will be an announcer like Garden Soli. Garden Soli is a heart. Garden Soli is the heart, the love, and the sounding board for this sport. All other announcers are walk behind us when Garden Soli is concerned. It is great pride and great privilege that WCW makes his newest member to the Hall of Fame in 1995, the Dean himself, the man, Gordon Soli. Let's get funky like a monkey, baby. Gordon Soli inducted by Dusty Rhodes, who now is fully Dusty's it up. Yeah. Wow. And to Gordon Soli, I say, a man with class. Cool as a cucumber. Didn't even sell it. I, I think we cut to Mean Gene now. That was his his acceptance speech. Was I think we cut to Mean Gene now? Like, I, I thought this. I thought it was a pretty good class. Yeah. I thought it was done right. I it's, thought. I think it was the only one. But well, yeah. But I mean, like, this is how you do. A, they have a Wikipedia page. Probably not. A WCW Hall of Fame. Yeah. There's, Probably not. This is a Hall of Fame. It was interesting to see this done in a. I mean, I actually don't have the time for the segment. But it's probably about 15, 20 minutes long. In comparison to the way that WWE, WWE does, does their Hall of Fame. Where they get a half, like, 15 minutes to talk. Yeah. Well, it was on, like, a show. Like, it wasn't really yeah, an entire but, show dedicated to them. This is kind of like what it should be. I don't want to hear what fucking no, Kishi's uncle was doing. I, I like, was I like when they have, like, proper yeah. shit going on. I don't want to hear about Mr. T's mama. I do. So... Just a, a little old back, because I really don't think we ever see this again. Nope, this is the last time that the WCW Hall of Fame is ever mentioned in any capacity. Members include such luminaries as Luthez, Vern Gagne, Mr. Wrestling 2, Eddie Graham, Harley Race, Ernie Ladd, The Crusher, Dick the Bruiser, Ole Anderson, 
Masked Assassin, and the men you see here tonight, and that's literally it. And that's the only Hall of Fame that only Anderson will ever be a part of. Wow, oh, think of that. That's bitch. crazy. When they yeah. abducted the horseman, he was a dick. And yeah, chose not to bad. be there. That's a little shitty. That's why well, nobody respects the Hall of Fame of the WWE. That's why Quindam was there. Was Roma like there? there? No. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck then. Yeah. <laughs> Roma the best four horsemen. According to him. According, According to, to him me. and many, many others. We cut to Mean Gene, who's joined by Sting. Sting, come on in. You have got to fight for your life, many say. Moments from now, as you meet Big Bubba, earlier he said this is going to be a repeat of Uncensored. Oh, no chance for a repeat just like Uncensored, Big Bubba. It's going to be a totally different picture. Remember, I keep talking about that Scorpion Deathlock. It will happen tonight, and it will happen with some fierce kind of attitude coming from me, the Stinger. Watch it, Bubba. All right, Sting is all ready for Big Bubba. It is part of the continuing action at Slamboree. Look like an orange cream cycle. <laughs> Up next, we have Sting versus Big Bubba Rogers. So my first observation here, and I, I don't know, I don't know if people really consider this, but other than the time that he did the face turn on Slick, Big Boss Man, Big Bubba Rogers, whatever you want to call him, should never have been a face because this guy was. One of the most effortlessly great heels yeah. ever. He could literally just say, I don't like this guy, and everyone in the fucking arena hates yep. the shit out of him. And he just has a face that says, I don't care yeah. whether you like me or yeah, not. Big Boss Man heel in WWF was great. Him heel that their That their referee was not supposed to be in the ring. Even when he came back, like, later. Yeah. He yeah. was still good. It's great. Oh, yeah. As Big Boss Man came back as... One part of the shield in 1999. <laughs> shield 1.0. <laughs> uh, he, he was so good. He's always good as like babyface. Yeah. No, he was he was fucking great as a babyface baby too in the heel. early 90s. But I'm saying like it's nobody yeah. nobody really talks about like he was a fucking awesome heel. Yeah, he, this is awesome. It's, it's subtle, but you it's it's really not that subtle when you're no, fucking talking about like, up his some dude's dog, but. <laughs> Sting comes out all public enemy with a gigantic table I raised above that. his head. Why? <laughs> Sting is a one-man public enemy. <laughs> also, Bubba's music is fucking awesome. Yes. So they still really haven't explained what exactly a Lights Out match is. Yeah. I yeah. assumed it was a Last Man Standing match, but... It sounds like they just wrong. shut the lights off. Yeah. They should have wrestled in the dark. Juggalo Championship wrestling. Oh, the flashlight lit mm -hmm. matches? So we start off with Bubba mocking Sting by yelling at the crowd all Sting-like. And Sting responds by yelling at the crowd all Sting-like. <laughs> they start off with a lock-up and an armbar. And I don't really understand, we'll never understand, how you could have a big blow-off feud match and start with a lock-up and chain wrestling. Yeah. Well, how long have they been feuding now? What, like three, it's been like, a while. Since like Starcade, right? Yeah. I could see Cactus Shack and Triple H doing that. Just but then, locks. Sting puts a quick end to all that bullshit by drop-kicking Bubba to the outside. We go back in, and Bubba takes over with an eye rake and clothesline Sting in the corner. Now, Eric Bischoff actually echoes my sentiments. He says he won he's wondering why the match is so slow, considering the bad blood between the two guys, which I completely agree yeah, with. Bischoff got something right. Yeah. Bischoff was complaining on camera. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand the psychology of this. I'm going to knock off a quarter star on my review. Bubba goes to choke Sting with his tie, but Sting drop kicks him off again. 
A close on and Bubba gets a two. Bubba goes back to the eye and shit can sting to the steps where he is soon bashed <laughs> off of. Bubba gets the table, lol. <laughs> Sting smashes his head into it and then slams him on top of it. It's not open, by the way. If this table was open, I think Bubba would have found an early end. Because this was not a regulation wrestling table, no. rest assured. Sting finds a very interesting way to stand the table up, but Bubba throws powder into his eyes and sends him into the standing table. Was it in his pocket? Direct didn't check him? He's got pockets in it just appeared out of nowhere. Like, I saw it. I was like, what's going on? Oh, okay. He's a damn gribble. It's probably been... <laughs> I got you. I got you. Should throw red ants at it. Fire ants at him. Yeah. Back into the ring, Bubba tells Sting that he better quit. Goes for a pile driver, gets back by, dropped off. Bubba gets whipped into the table in the corner, but moves out of the way of a stinger splash, and Sting takes a pretty sick table resistance. It was disgusting. Bubba then takes his belt off, and I suddenly wondered if a Lights Out match was actually a strip poker match, because <laughs> Bubba is quickly losing his clothes. <laughs> it starts whipping Sting with said belt, and whips him off for a big Bubba slam, as I've coined it, for a two. Bubba heads up to the top rope, it gets flare tossed off to a really big pop. Body slam, Sting goes up top and hits him with a big splash for a two. Sting places the table on top of Bubba, and double stomps it, no doubt drawing the ire of Kevin Sullivan backstage. <laughs> Sting gets a scorpion deathlock, and Bubba gives up. At 9 minutes and 29 seconds. Sick. I enjoyed this match, though. It was good. It started off a little goofy with, like, lockups and shit, but we'll delete the lockup. It was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. it delete was, it was... the lockup. But 9 minutes doesn't sound too long. I mean... I don't think they needed longer than no, that. No, they didn't. They, they really didn't. It, yeah. it could have it gone longer and still been good, but whatever. The I'll, I'll, I'll take up it. The this have been 20 minutes. I know. It was fun, though. We got another sexy promo package hyping up the main event tonight. Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Randy Savage, Vader, four of the biggest stars in wrestling, future Hall of Famers, Legends in their own time in the ring at the same time. Hulk Hogan, WCW World Champion, the most recognized wrestler on the planet, along with Renegade and manager Jimmy Hart, have united with Macho Man Randy Savage to form the Monster Maniacs. The opposition, Nature Boy Ric Flair, the crazed ringmaster obsessed with beating the world champion. He's teamed up with the awesome Vader and has brought the enforcer, Arn Anderson. Tonight, WCW is where the stars are in this colossal tag team main event on Slamboree 95. We then go back to the ring where you're joined by, yes, the Silver Fox, Michael Buffer. Now, Flair said in this promo previously he wasn't going to be wearing his gear tonight. And yet, here he is. But there he is. There's that flashy motherfucker, Ric Flair, with a big-ass purple robe. Is it you that hates Michael Buffer, right? Who, is, who hates I him? I kind of hate him, but yeah. I actually kind of like him now. And here's my, my segment for the show. You know what you are? You're a fence walker. You can... Fence walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> so, Michael Buffer's official weigh-ins. Ric Flair is in tonight at a plain Jane 242, but Vader is at 472 and one half pounds of steel and venom. 
American maid blares over the speakers, and the king of Hulkmania comes out to a rousing ovation. Macho Man looking like a Slim Jim package. (laughs) (laughs) Macho Man is in tonight at 252 pounds for the working man. I hope someone gets that. I get it. (laughs) And the big cheese Hogan is in at 273 and one half pounds. Damn. As they're coming out, a giant man comes out to the ramp, but we really don't see him much. The camera is still on the wide shot for Hogan and Savage coming out to the ring. And it's quickly given, and I really hope someone laughs at this, the Doug Dillinger escape plan. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Somebody laughed. I I chuckled. I say they're they're sowing seeds here. They're they're, uh, starting to show this man. I didn't Mm -hmm. know this stuff had happened, so it's uh, it's interesting. Why the fuck does Renegade get his own entrance? Well, at least they had to. They were forced, probably by WWE, to come up with some to come up with entrance music of their own. Yeah. So I'll give them fair shakes to his, that. His entrance music is a hundred percent different from the last time we heard it. It's much. It, it's much better. I mean, it kind of sounds. Like, I thought the Steiner Brothers were coming out because it kind of sounds like their WWF music. But Hogan and Vader start up the match by exchanging lockups and playing to the crowd. Both times, Vader gets the advantage, and the second time, Vader puts Hogan in the corner. Someone has a whistle. Nobody puts Hogan in the corner. Someone has a whistle. Get rid of that man, please. <laughs> As his car- Vader starts to wail on him, but being <coughs> the ultimate babyface that he is, Hogan gets out of this by putting a thumb in Vader's eye. Of course. He then puts Vader in the corner. Nobody puts Vader in the corner. And starts punching him. Vader exposes the business and takes his mask off in the middle of a barrage of Hogan punches. <laughs> no fucking reason. Exposes the business. Hogan hits a line, and I'm not talking about the white kind, Hello. off of a reversal, and then lines him over the top rope outside. Macho does a nice. Macho hits him with a nice top rope axe handle on the outside, and then Macho and Hogan double team the well, not yet Mastodon. But he double clotheslines both of them and tosses Macho outside where Flair pounces on him and tosses him into the crowd. So with no tag shown, Flair and Macho are now the legal men. The exchange blows until Macho starts his trademark jabs on Flair in the corner. Nobody puts Flair in the corner. Macho then whips Flair into the opposite corner. Flair flops over and eats a big boot from Hogan that sends him walking up the entranceway to flop onto the floor. Mm. Hogan then tosses Flair back into the ring, and Macho delivers a back body drop off the ropes. Flair promptly retreats outside. Flair and Vader jaw with the fence. Flair gets back into the ring and lures Macho into an eye poke with a test of strength. Then an exchange of chops and fists until Macho tags Hogan, who no-sells a chop. Flair begs off, and Hogan forces the test of strength on him. Doesn't Hogan know about consent? Well, he had to get it from Bubba with the love sponge first. <laughs> Flair regains control with another thumb to the eye and starts taking it to Hogan, but then he climbs to the top rope with the predicted results. He gets tossed on his <laughs> side because Flair can't take bumps on the back. Hogan then puts Flair in a figure four. Vader distracts the ref. Arn goes to break the hold, but Hogan, for some reason, small packages him instead. <laughs> for no reason. Hulk Hogan does a small package. Yeah. That's probably the only position he could get a proper small package out of. Yeah. Unless it's, um, the one unless it's on video. Ultimately, Flair is able to get out of the hole and chop locks Hogan, 
and then starts to work Hogan's knee, which will probably be no sold soon, mm-hmm. and then tags Vader. Vader puts a hold on Hogan. He, wait, wait, whoa. I'm sorry. I need to read this again. Vader puts a hold on Hogan's knee. Vader knows holds? He holds no man. Yeah, this is weird. He works this hold for a bit, too. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Vader do this. I have in his, uh... He started in his latter WWF days. He started oh. doing goofy shit in his matches, like holds. because <laughs> <laughs> he was a fat piece of shit. <laughs> Guess who's back? Giant... Oh, I'm sorry. We don't know his name yet. The he, giant man yes. comes back to the ramp... And leers. ...to mean mug and rub his fists <laughs> menacingly. And very fucking bad guy that Hogan is taught. Hey, Vader suplexes Hogan, and guess what? I was right. He pops right the fuck back up. But his momentum is stopped short when Vader just runs right the fuck into him. Uh, a bunch of nonsense that includes Vader hitting the ref and not getting DQ'd now happens. Wow. Vader whips Hogan chest first into the corner. Hogan runs like shit and follows up with a splash. Vader goes for the Vader bomb, hits it, then goes for it again off that top, oh, the top rope, <laughs> but misses it. Savage and Flair are both tagged in, and they go at it with Macho getting the advantage until running into an elbow from Flair. Flair goes to the top again, and the same thing happens. <clears throat> so Flair ever learn? Yeah, I think, what is it, Insanity is the... Uh, it's the, the doing re- the same thing. Doing the same thing over and over, and over, and over again, again, expecting different, different results. You guys are way too into this. <laughs> Macho hits the top rope elbow drop, but Arn saves Flair by pulling Macho out of the ring. Nonsense with the renegade ensues. Mm. I hate him. I think people still think he's Ultimate Warrior in the WCW I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. I probably sure would, yeah. Flair yeah. and Macho are back in the ring, and Vader is tagged in, and he hits a Vader assault. And the pin is broken up when Hogan grabs Vader's ass. And Vader decides to just roll off of the body and trips the ref. It's touchy time. Yes. Angelo Poffo looks on, about as concerned as Stu Hart. While... So fucking... <laughs> so Heenan didn't have like some like disrespectful thing to say? Or he was no, like, yeah. somebody get a nurse, check, make sure Stu's still alive. <laughs> Angelo Poffo looks on, about as concerned as Stu Hart, while Vader and Flair work Macho in the corner. Macho starts to fight back. He hits a nice running clothesline, tags Hogan, who takes it to Flair. Vader comes in, and Hogan slams both Flair, then Vader, to a huge pop, despite the fact that this is something he's done before. Despite the fact <laughs> that everyone on the ro- basically everyone on the roster except, like, Sherry, has exhibited yeah. the ability to slam him by now. Big Bubba slammed him. Well, I'm sorry. The- Sting slams yeah. him with ease every time they get into the ring. It's usually like the first movie does. Yeah. Hogan then hits the big boot, but Arn trips Hogan before he can hit the leg drop. Chaos! Flair and Hogan are alone again. Hogan hulks up, stops to attack Arn. Flair holds Hogan from behind. Who's the legal man? At this point, it's Flair and Hogan. Okay. Yeah. All these guys are legal. They're all born here. Right? What is up with you two? Flair holds Hogan from behind, and Arn drops mm. an axe handle from the top rope to Flair as Hogan gets out of the way. Mm. Arn is pulled out by the penultimate warrior. Hogan hits the leg drop. <laughs> One, two, three. And Hogan and Savage win at 18 minutes and 57 seconds. Oh. Victory Pyro! But a brawl ensues! Flair and Co. clean house. 
Angelo Papo gets in the ring, and Arden Flair beat the hell out of an old man, put him in the figure four, and head out of Dodge. Macho screams for an ambulance as cheery music plays us out. (laughs) (laughs) And we go into closing credits. Oh my god. End of pay-per-view. End of end scene. I really enjoyed I I really enjoyed this show. I enjoyed a vast majority of the show. Yeah. I enjoyed two things during the show. There was a tag team match. If you say Sherry's tits, you're fucking out. (laughs) You're out. I'm out. Okay. And that's the end of Patrick. We're looking for a third man in this new podcast. Anyone interested, tweet us at PC on the... (laughs) Please have a place where we can record. Send your CV, and uh, we'll be in business. (laughs) Sorry, Pat. Two things I enjoyed... Sherry's tits. Two things I enjoyed was the tag match, because Booker fucking worked. Yeah. And you showed it showed how good Booker was. He was good. Uh, the other thing I really liked was the Hall of Fame type deal. Was uh, the, Well, the match was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordon Sully and Heenan. Yeah, they were oh, my goodness. I couldn't believe how fast Heenan just stopped what he was doing and commentated the right way. Well, you mean, he commentated as if he were... An actual commentator? Yeah, well, he commentated as if he was at a sporting event. Mm. Yeah. He, he Very few jokes, very to the point. Well, I mean, if you think about it, Bobby, Bobby. Bob, Bobby Heenan came in, you know, was breaking in around the time yeah. where, like, Dick Murdoch was at his peak. Yeah. Roughly, so... I understand that. I just think it's it's nice to see these two work together. Yeah. I definitely really enjoyed the um, the Muda Orndorff match. That was a good match. It was nice to see those two work, especially as it pointed out. This is essentially the sun setting on Paul Orndorff's career at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will have a nice uh, gimmick for him coming up soon. But you know what it was? It was a good mid card match. It was right in the middle. It was like it had everything. It had um, Muda style. I think both of the styles. Muda style. <laughs> Would you say it was a bit of a Styles Clash? Styles Clash! Sorry. This fucking podcast is over. Style Rise! This podcast Styler. is over. Eyes! Ooh. That was good. Um, what did you enjoy about it, Nick? Just the fact that feuds actually came to an end in a very enjoyable manner. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the matches around them were very entertaining, very enjoyable. And, uh, yeah, overall, I really... I thought this was a fun show. show. It was a fun show. And not only that, but Kevin, Kevin Sullivan's dad, or at least the man who we are to assume is Kevin Sullivan's father, <laughs> was uh, <laughs> foreboding of enjoyable things to come. Uh, I also really enjoyed the uh, cheery music as we played out on the sad <laughs> scene. Yeah. Poor Angelo. It was great. Are you Angelo? When Hulk Hogan, was Hulk Hogan still hot dogging and grandstanding? Yep. There, yeah. Well, I know everyone was kind of standing around looking concerned. Oh no! So on that note, oh, you can find us on Twitter at PC Unknown. You can find us on Facebook at Podcast Unknown Thunder Paradise and Leg Drops. You can also find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and on iTunes. But you might iTunes. I love when you say that all the time. <laughs> right, it's the search for Clash of the Champions Triple X or well thirty. Or Thunder in Paradise, the movie. movie. You can also find us at our new podcast hosting site, 
High Voltage Radio Podcast Network. You can find zombie podcasts, sports podcasts, nerd podcasts, and just general discussion in podcast form. Special thanks go out to pages that allow us to advertise our podcast, Rasslebook, Zane Paisley and Rick Craig's Pro Wrestling Obsession. Yes. And special thanks to Dave, Mega Powers, and Phil Rea for letting us post on the official Turnbuckle Throwbacks page. Is that his real last name? Mega Powers? For the millionth time, I don't... I think his real last name is just Powers. I think we're getting kayfabe here, brother. Well, it's no... He's big league in us. Yeah. Good night. The Mega Power... <laughs> <laughs> the Megabytes <Good> explode. <laughs> and thank you to OSW for putting us on their Super Friends page. Thanks, brah. Yeah, brah. Brah. Our boys. With that... Join us next time in 1995 for the Great American Bash. This time it's American. There may or may not be a bash. <laughs> for Podcast Unknown, Thunder Paradise, and Leg Drops, this has been Nick. I've been Peter. And as always, I'm Patrick. And I've had better. And we'll see you guys next time for Great American Bash 1995. I've had better? Pasta La Vista. Pasta Mania La Vista. Brother. <laughs> <laughs>